1598. Karahatsu, are you here? Nothing. The absence of a reply was not at all heartening, but after coming this far, there was no way Osimatsu was going to leave without seeing with his own eyes what was at the top of the stairs. And judging from how closely Chorimatsu and Ichimatsu were following, they both shared the sentiment. The stairs were dark, as was the whole of the second floor, and the reason for this became clear as they reached the top of the steps. A wide board was affixed to the wall where one would expect to see a window. Why is it a board? Osimatsu wondered aloud. Weren't there curtains when we looked up from outside before? Ichimatsu knocked his knuckles lightly against the wood. It made a hollow sound. He'll be on the other side. Like the curtains were hung and then the wall was put up. Makes it look more normal to people outside. There's only one room up here, Chorimatsu noticed. Gesturing a short ways away from the steps to the single open doorway, he lingered next to the staircase, reluctant to take point. That was fine. As the eldest, it was Osimatsu's responsibility to lead at times like this anyway. Ichimatsu stuck close to Shoromatsu, and together they followed shortly behind as Osimatsu advanced down the hallway. The atmosphere was oppressive, and Osimatsu clenched his hands to stop the faint trembling of his fingers. He didn't like the feeling of dread that pressed down on his lungs. It was a feeling like something was terribly wrong, like something was somehow even more wrong than the simple fact that his brother had been missing for over three months. Osimatsu tried not to think about how eerily accurate his sex but sick sense usually was. He approached the room and, noting the lack of a door of a raised eyebrow, peered cautiously across the threshold and into the small, dimly lit interior. There was a door on one side, open just enough for Osimatsu to see the bathroom beyond it. Another board like the one in the hallway covered what was presumably the room's one window. The white walls were devoid of decoration, but it was still apparent at a glance that the space was lived in. A refrigerator, quite possibly the smallest refrigerator that Osimatsu had ever seen, hummed quietly a short ways from the entrance, and a microwave was set up on top of it. A round table leaned upright against the wall nearby, its legs neatly folded in. There was a bed with its sheets all in disarray, and beside it were a folding chair and a nightstand, the latter of which was scattered with an array of items including a small lamp, a plate of wrapped up food, a bottle of water, and an orange prescription container. A short, haphazard stack of reading materials and a pair of crutches lay on the floor nearby. Osimatsu frowned at the crutches with a swell of confusion and foreboding, but he could sense his brother's uneasiness at his back, and so he took a breath and tried to sound casual. Karamatsu, you in here? He slid his hands into his pockets and strolled forward, leaning to look into the bathroom. Taking a dump, maybe? Nope. He moved to the bed, grabbed a fistful of blanket, and lifted. Having a nap? Oh, shit. Chorimatsu and Ichimatsu immediately bristled and started across the room. What? What is it? Stop. Osimatsu extended a staying hand, his voice carrying a severity that he almost never inflicted. Just stay there for a minute. Osimatsu's brothers answered his uncharacteristic gravity with startled obedience, but he knew that they were listening, watching, and so he made a valiant effort towards remaining calm. He didn't want Chorimatsu and Ichimatsu to see their big brother's corpse unprepared. Not that he knew for sure yet that Karamatsu was dead, but he certainly looked the part, lying there utterly still, loosely curled up on his side, his face pale and gaunt, and his eyes darkly circled. Osimatsu gently patted his brother's lightly bruised cheek. Karamatsu? Hey, Karamatsu? He didn't stir, not even as little as to twitch an eyebrow. Panic crept up Osimatsu's spine, and he moved a hand to either of Karamatsu's shoulders and rolled him onto his back giving his best effort to overlook the way his head lolled limply to a side. He took a deep breath, braced himself, and pressed an ear to Karamatsu's chest. And he listened. There was a heartbeat, quiet and quick, 
and the sound of breath entering and exiting his lungs. Osimetsu sat up and threw his head back. Akatsuka-sensei, he exclaimed. This guy seriously scared the shit out of me just now. Detecting that the thick tension around the eldest son had dissipated, Shorimatsu and Ichimatsu moved to join their brother beside the bed. Both immediately flinched. Ah, he... Shorimatsu's eyes were quickly filling with horrified tears, and Osimatsu grabbed his sleeve to pull his attention. It's okay, he's alive. Then he ought to open his damn eyes. Ichimatsu seized the collar of Karamatsu's shirt and gave him a shake. Hey, Shinimatsu, wake the hell up! Osimatsu transferred his grip to the fourth son's arm. Ichimatsu, I know it's upsetting, but try to be a little gentle. Man, was he ever glad that Jujimatsu had gone with Todematsu. He didn't know if Karamatsu, in his present condition, would be able to handle the fifth son bouncing on his stomach. Karamatsu made a sound like a groan fading into a sigh, and all three brothers' attention snapped to the second son as he stirred and awakened. He looked tiredly between each of their faces before narrowing his dim eyes with an expression of genuine confusion. Hi. Did I die? Osimatsu flung himself at his brother, eliciting a small gah as he wrapped him up tightly in his arms. Karamatsu, you bastard! What kind of way is that to greet your brothers who've been busting their balls looking for you? Karamatsu, evidently at a loss for words, only blinked in disbelief as he closed his hand reflexively, like an infant with a finger pressed to its palm, around the red fabric of Osimatsu's sweatshirt. Karamatsu and Ichimatsu hovered tremulously nearby, and Osimatsu understood the cause of their apprehension all too well. Even then their brother was finally in front of them, his presence was so faint, so transient and phantasmal that it felt like he was about to vanish. Osimatsu wondered if the other two shared that same awful lump of dread that still hung heavily in his chest. Ichimatsu gave the crutch a small kick. What are these? Osimatsu felt Karamatsu move to sit up, and he pulled away and laid a hand on his brother's back to help him complete the endeavour. The second son swayed slightly, and he stared at the crutches for several long moments with eyes that looked ready to fall shut at any moment. Eventually, he brought a hand to his forehead and murmured, Sorry, what? What was the question? Karamatsu laid a hesitant hand on Karamatsu's shoulder. Are you okay, Karamatsu-san? You look extremely unwell. What he means is you look half dead, Osimatsu clarified, earning a dry look from the third son. Karamatsu's expression faltered for a moment, and then he dropped his hand to his lap and summoned a weak rendition of one of his theatrical smirks. <laughs> Your brother is currently wavering on the cusp of life's last great journey, preparing to embark through- Ow! Ichimatsu knocked the flat of his fist against Karamatsu's head with just enough force to prompt a reaction. They're actually really worried, so do us a favour and skip the painful monologue for once. Karamatsu's pretense slipped away, leaving his features empty. He turned his face downwards and gave a small, hollow laugh. Aren't you going to make me say it? A grimace pulled at the corners of his mouth and creased his brow. When he finally spoke, it was in a tone that could barely even be called a whisper. I'm going to die soon, so... He raised his volume just slightly. Oh, Jushimatsu and Tonomatsu. Don't change the subject! Choromatsu scolded, aghast. What did you just say? Karamatsu flinched and tucked his chin down. I stopped eating. I thought I, thought I could get out of here if I... He shook his head. It went completely wrong, though. I needed to... He paused and swallowed. To speed things up. So I tried to stop drinking water. Are you an idiot? Osimatsu interrupted. He snatched the bottle of water off of the bedside table and pressed it against Karamatsu's face. It's no wonder you look like a goddamn zombie. Drink, numbskull! 
Karamatsu stubbornly pushed the bottle away. You don't understand. She'll... You're damn right I don't understand. And more than that, I don't care. Osimatsu dropped the bottle on the mattress and cupped his hands around Karamatsu's cheeks, squishing inward. Karamatsu, he said, you are my brother and I love you very much, but shut your stupid mouth. We did not just spend the last three months worrying ourselves sick looking for you only to let you die when we finally found you. I don't care what you have to say about it. We're taking you home. Karamatsu recoiled and continued to shake his head, choking out a shuddering, tearless breath of a sob. <laughs> Please, we're going to get hurt. Please. Ichimatsu, help me drag him up. Okay. The first and fourth sons grabbed hold of Karamatsu's arms and, despite his protests, pulled until he was extricated from the blankets. Osimatsu grimaced at how light his brother was. Karamatsu's feet touched the floor and a metallic clatter followed. The other's eyes were drawn to the source of the sound. A black chain secured around his right ankle with a padlock. Osimatsu stared and processed what he was seeing. As he did, a hellish fury started to burn through his veins. I changed my mind, he said. Let's stay here and wait for Matsuri to come back so I can kill her. We don't have time for jokes like that, Jeromatsu snapped. Ichimatsu, do you think you could do something about this lock? Ichimatsu studied the padlock for a moment and then shrugged his shoulders. I don't know, I didn't exactly come in prepared for this kind of thing. Maybe if I could find the right tools around the house, but... But we've got even less time for a scavenger hunt, Osimatsu finished. He leaned down, picked up the chain and reeled it in until it was taut. Before he could move to see where it was connected, though, he felt a weak tug on his sleeve. Please, Hiromatsu said, shaking his head again. Just go home. Abruptly, Ichimatsu clenched Karamatsu's shirt in his fists and hauled him close to his face, growling, How much are you planning on making Mum and Dad cry? And what about Jushimatsu and Todomatsu? We're just going to give up without ever letting them see you again? Three months of a hundred years too soon to roll over and die, you shitty! You shitty! He butted his head against Karamatsu's chest, his breath hitching and his shoulders trembling tellingly. Karamatsu hesitated for a moment, and then he brought his hand to Ichimatsu's back. You don't understand, he said in a voice as soft and incorporeal as mist. I don't, I don't want to die. What else am I supposed to do? I can stay here forever. I can keep fighting back and let Matsuri hurt you all. Or I can... Oshimatsu snatched up one of the crutches on the floor and reached into his pocket to toss his cell phone to Choromatsu. Tell Todimatsu we found him, he instructed as Choromatsu fumbled to avoid dropping the phone. And then call 110. Or 119? Well, call 110 and tell them to send an ambulance. He followed the chain around the bed and found the spot on the wall to which it was bolted. Then he adjusted his grip on the crutch and swung. Osimatsu engrafted all of his outrage into the crutch and swung, swung, and swung again in an effort to damage the wall enough to free the chain. Each blow landed heavily, denting the wall a little more and a little more. How dare she? How dare she? Kidnapping one of his brothers, holding him up in that room, chaining him to the wall whittling away at his will until he decided that his only remaining choice was to die. To die! Karamatsu, of all people, trying to kill himself through starvation, through dehydration once he decided that starvation wasn't fast enough. It just made him want to... Scream! Osimatsu-ni-san! The feeling of a hand on his shoulder was the only thing that called Osimatsu's attention to the shout, and he wondered if Churamatsu had already been trying to get his attention for a while. He lowered the crutch and turned to face the third son. There was an air of distress about him that immediately put Osimatsu on edge. Toromatsu said that they lost track of Matsuri, Toromatsu explained. He's on his way back. He sent Jushimatsu ahead. He said they thought they might have been noticed. 
Josie Matsy's hands tightened on the crutch until his knuckles went white. Call the police. Just go, Karamatsy begged. I'll stop skipping water and meals if that's what you want. Please just get out of here before... I said, call the police. Osimatsu raised the crutch and struck the wall with renewed vigour. Quack. Cherimatsu was on the phone, stuttering as he struggled to describe the situation cohesively. Quack. Karamatsu's pleas were swallowed up by his shallow, uneven breathing. Quack. Out of the corner of his eye, Osimatsu saw Ichimatsu uncap the bottle of water and press it persistently into Karamatsu's hands. With both reluctance and resignation, he lifted the bottle briefly to his lips, and Osimatsu felt one of the several knots in his stomach untie itself. Thwack! The wall splintered, and the fixture keeping the chain in place fell away. Ah! Osimatsu threw the badly battered crutch down, returned to Karamatsu's side, and gave him a wide smile. Alright, the chain's not attached anymore, so let's get the hell out of here! Wait, we're leaving? A dispatching officer's to this address, though! Osimatsu waved his missive hand at Churomatsu. Just stay on the phone with them. Worst case scenario, we can flag them down on their way into the neighbourhood. I just want Karamatsu out of here, ASAP! He looked back to Karamatsu, who sat perched on the side of the bed, with his posture stiff, his hands tensed, and his eyes down. Karamatsu, Osimatsu said, I don't know what that chick's been doing to you up here, so I can't say I understand why you're so afraid. Frankly speaking, I don't give a rat's ass why you're afraid right now. If getting you home means knocking you out and carrying you out of here bridal style, and that's what'll happen. But even if you lost some weight, it would still be murder on my back getting you down all these stairs. I really hope you're not going to make me do that. He held out his hand. So what do you say? Mercy for your big bro's back. Osimatsu held his breath and watched his brother's face as he contemplated the choice laid out before him. Not that it was really much of a choice. He was absolutely going to knock Karamatsu the hell out and drag his unconscious body home, if that's what it came down to, and he would only feel a little bad about it. A moment passed, and Karamatsu's shoulders sagged as his defiance fell away. He raised his hand and wrapped it feebly around Osimatsu's. Grinning from ear to ear, Osimatsu pulled Karamatsu up from the bed and onto his feet, but the rapid change in orientation apparently didn't agree with the second son, and Osimatsu quickly moved to support him, staggering slightly backwards under the unexpected weight. <sighs> you alright there, buddy? Silence. Karamatsu? Hi. I'm fine. Karamatsu slowly steadied himself, and Osimatsu manoeuvred to his side so that he could lean on his shoulder. Okay. No more sudden movements for you, though. Churomatsu, status on the cops? Churomatsu lowered the phone short ways from his ear. On the way, apparently. Osimatsu nodded. Ichimatsu, give me a hand here. Ichimatsu gave a vague grunt and moved to Karamatsu's other side to offer his own shoulder. Okay. Now let's get out of this hellhole and... A soft thump, thump bump of footsteps on the stairs stopped Osimatsu's words in his throat.